Well, good day and welcome to uh, another day with a Templar Knight. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, part two of three of 24 virtues. And these virtues today, we'll talk about humility, perseverance, honor, charity, sacrifice, compassion, loyalty, and trust. But before we get started on that, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about a couple things here. Um, spiritual warfare, it's very, very real. And especially in today's society of things going on, uh, it is, and, it, and it's very fierce, and it's a ferocious battle uh, raging in the realm of the uh, spiritual forces between God and the forces of evil. Um, as it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Uh, there's a human tendency uh, towards uh, transcendent, uh, um, transcendent uh, uh, moral good, uh, a moral law, and they're and, and where does that humanity stand in relationship to that standard? Um, there was a poll, a couple polls taken. Uh, uh, it's a very distressing picture of the state of our moral values, especially here in the United States. Almost 50% of those surveys describe morality in this country as poor. 19 said it was excellent and good. And these, and these numbers rank among the worst in, in the world. And this poll was well, way over a decade ago. Seventy-two um, percent of Americans say value, uh, or I'm sorry, seventy-two percent of American values say moral in the United States are getting worse, and only twenty percent said it was getting better. Well, we all know that's not true with the things that are happening today. Um, And, and, and respondents, when they asked their opinion and the reasons for our moral decline, they gave the following. Rampant narcissism. We know that's happening. It happens in the Templar world. A sense of entitlement. Lack of considerations for human beings. Lack of parenting. Society and celebrities uh, condoning Bad behavior. We see that every day. Media, our news media, television, internet, video games, music, and cell phones all play a, a role in this in this demoralization of this country and the very breakdown of the family and turning away from religious and spiritual aspects of life. It's a simple observation. And everybody can make that. They can just look around and see it. They can see society uh, diverging from the moral law that's hand-wired into our humanity. We see harm being portrayed as a violent entertainment. We hear of more violence. We see it broadcast on the news every day. Why? Um, Cheating, fairness. We hear more about cheating, underhanded behavior, not only from our, our citizens, but look at the leadership in this country. We see it there, too. We see that modeled in, in entertainment and the media. And it's less and less talked about amongst people. You know, how can we stop that? Loyalty, betrayal. We're going to be do, we're going to be doing one on loyalty. We see uh, betrayal daily, not only in politics, news reports, entertainment. It's all becoming passe. Authority, subversion. Uh, we see more and more talked about subversion as a road to freedom. Democracy, is democracy being thing? I, I last I remember, this is a republic. I think it's both, Republican and democracy. Um, the road to freedom uh, romanticized in movies and in our history. Unfortunately, this also leads to subversion of the authority of good people, such as our parents, 
You see parents fighting in the schools to keep their children safe. Moral authority. Uh, degradation. We see that degradation of woman as sexual objects in advertisement, movies, literature, society. Moral values since our last generations, since our last two generations, since our last three generations, uh, we're not doing good in this current society. Depression's on the rise. Self-esteem problems. There's all sorts of things that are going on that we, we need to fix. And we can only fix that through our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Let's get started here. And first we're going to bow our heads in prayer. Oh God, our, our guide, our guardian from old, grant us the means and the opportunity to do, to do good. Resolution to persevere and, and grace to attain happily, to be blessed inheritance of eternal life. Grant, we pray, that wherever we are called upon to serve, we may follow the example of your servants. And every Every, ever prove steadfast in faith and valiant in your service. We make these supplications through him who is the captain of our salvation, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit and ever one God, world without end. Amen. Humility. That's our first one for today. What is humility? Well, Humility is, uh, what are we supposed to do with it? Be humble. Completely. Completely to the hand of God. Free of arrogance and narcissism and, and pride. Let's take a look at... Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, verses 1 through 3. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of calling you, the calling you have received. Be completely humble and, and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For the grace given me, I say to everyone, every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. So in God's eyes, humility is what? Putting ourselves completely under his mighty hand. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. James chapter 4, verse 10. Humility uh, can also be defined by pride, which is the perfect opposite of humility. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. James chapter 4, verse 6. Through the Lord on uh, is on high, he looks upon lowly, but the proud. He knows from afar, Psalm 4. That's Psalms 138, verse 6. Uh, Forever who exalts himself will be humble. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Matthew chapter 3, uh, verse 12, I do believe. So what does God want us to do? He, he, we, as knights, we have to learn about humility and be moved by uh, a teachable place in our lives. So we, we need to be taught in this he wants us to learn practical skills, right? Be completely humble and be gentle. Be patient, bearing with, with another uh, in love. Do nothing out of selfishness. And don't be ambition there or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Love one another. 
So if you think about that and reflect on this, um, James chapter 3, verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done, and the humility that comes from wisdom. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11, A man's wisdom give, gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. So if somebody offends you, forgive them, love them. Right? Need to do that stuff. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Humility. We talked about uh, giving everything to God, being free of pride and arrogance, narcissism. We talked about morality, how bad it is, and ethics. It's bad to harm others, right? And good to help them. One should reciprocate favors, reward benefactors, and punish cheaters. One should value loyalty to a group. We'll get into loyalty in a little a little later on. Um, it's it it is right to defer legitimate authorities and respect people with high status. Well, if you're fighting against Satan, do you? Does that fall into place to respect those? If, if they're Christians, we should respect each other anyway. I was looking for one more thing here. I mean, if you look at the Ten Commandments, for example, you shall have no other gods before you. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. What do we do at Christmas time? At Christmas trees, you got Santa Claus. You think that's part of it? You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land of your Lord. Your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. As after God delivered these commandments, and, and every one of those commandments is what? With in love, with love. Jesus called the first and the greatest commandment. Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine, expands on what Jesus called that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Parenting, the demise today. Talk about them uh, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. And bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. The second great commandment. The last six of the Ten Commandments illustrating how we treat others. Leviticus chapter 19 verses 9 through 18. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap the very edges of your field or gathering the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over the, your vineyard in a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not deceive one another. Do not swear falsely 
by my name or so profane the name of your God. And the Lord, do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not hold back the wages of hired workers overnight. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritisms to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so you will not share in their guilt. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. What's happening today? What do you see going on in the United States? People attacking Jewish people. Is that fair? I don't think so. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Right? Love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two great commandments. And they were written over thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. All right, let's move on to perseverance. Perseverance, what the heck is that? Let's talk about that. Uh, I guess it's it has to do with patience and, and uh, being committed to do something until it's completed, being perse uh, persevering. Now, as a knight, you need both those, perseverance and, and patience. Romans chapter 5, verses uh, 3 through 5, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces what? Perseverance, perseverance, character, and character and hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. As, as knights, you have to persevere in everything that we do. You just can't stop with one thing and say, hey, I, I can't finish that. You have to follow through with what you're doing. Right? As leaders of Templar Knights, you have to follow through for what you proposed or what you said you're going to do. You have to follow through with that until it's completed. Um, patience. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Um, let's look at... Uh, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2. It is not good to have zeal without knowledge, nor to be hasty and miss the way. There's a lot in Proverbs. Go through Proverbs. Ecclesiastes, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. And what's our achievement to get to heaven, right? Reflect on this. Reflect on James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Why is perseverance important? The reason a true knight gets up after he falls down in battle is because he knows that his life does not end here on earth. So he get up, just as we should do every day. Get up, fight the fight. You get knocked down, get up again.
you know, if you think about all the commandments we just went through, all the commandments which are were uh, mentioned, um, present a rule of that are discretion and judgment of the master, right? You'll be you'll be judged on the Ten Commandments. Let's talk about a little bit about chivalry as a knight too, and and if you look at C.S. Lewis's book, um, knightly character is an art. Quote: Knightly character is an art, not nature. Something that needs to be achieved, not something that can be relied upon to happen. Um, another quote by Maurice Keene, if you've ever heard of him. Chivalry's most profound influence lay in just this, in setting the seal of appropriation on norms of conduct recognized as noble when reproduced in individual act and style. What's the dictionary uh, define chivalry as? Quote, the systems of values, such as loyalty and honor. The knights of the Middle Ages were expected to follow this, or as an honorable, the polite way of behaving, especially towards women. But the definition is far from complete. Um, when Maurice, Maurice Keene wrote about the term chivalry, he aptly stated that it remains a word of ex, ex, elusive of definition, uh, tonal rather than precise in its implication. Chivalry is defined differently depending on whether we are considering the historical aspects or the ideal. Our attempt to understand chivalry is clouded by the haze of history, the fog of war, the confusion of tumult in the Crusades, and and the mist of the Romance literature, a, a constant Britain brochard uh, states in the easier the use of the term chivalry to represent all ideals of knightly behavior, even while noting the multiple origins of what we note uh, to be a single concept. Right? Chivalry essentially was a secular code of honor, uh, martially oriented society. It deepens its deepest roots stretch back to the origin of the social quote of honor of a warrior a warrior group in the Middle Ages. It's also strong Christian tones. In fact, those groups, like Templar Knights, had operated within the settings of Christian society in which the Christian's cult was the chief focus alike uh, social and religious like. It flourished. Now, this is summarized by Keane. It flourished in the period between the mid-12th and 16th century as the ethos of dominant secular state of Christian Europe, and its characterized trappings were fashioned by the social, political, and cultural conditions of those times. For a warrior or a Templar knight, you have to look at the more religious view of chivalry, right? Um, it's a profession. It was a profession back then, instituted by God. You felt the calling. We feel that today to become a knight. Do you feel that calling? Um, in all ages, the world religion had been the source of chivalry. It was a sense of religion, and it still is today. We use religion to fight with. We use God's power to push us along and to protect us as we go on this journey. So persevere. Persevere with that. We'll talk a little bit. Now we're going to get into another uh, virtue, which is honor. What's honor about? To live only for God with the highest, the highest of esteem and respect. Honor uh, deriving from living within the tenets of being a knight. 
It manifests within the character of an individual by his efforts. Right? Through your actions, baby. Through your actions. It's a type of honor that we should strive for. A true Christian is all about honor. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Honor thy father and thy mother. Honor is about our attempts to make part of our characters um, the ideals within our order. Some, you know, some people say that stuff's in the past, but it's not. Don't listen to that. It's not in the past. Um, Let's take a look at it. Let me get my other thought here. Process. Take a look at um, Proverbs uh, chapter eighteen, verse twelve. Before his downfall, a man's heart is proud, but humility comes before honor. So. We already went over humility and perseverance, and now we're going over honor. Um, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33, the fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom, and humility comes before his before honor. You notice that? Humility comes before honor. An honorable leader gives away all the credits but takes all the blame. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. Honor is looking the other way when wronged. A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is his glory to overlook an offense. Godly honor comes from a person or to a person uh, when they serve and live only for God. So you're getting the meaning of what honor is, to be honorable. Uh, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are filled, committed, fully committed to him. Second Chronicles verses 16, chapter 9. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3. Take heed, heed do not, do not your alms, acts of giving uh, before men. To be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father, in, which is in heaven. Therefore, when you do alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward, but you, but when you do alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand does that your alms may be in secret, and your Father, which he sees in secret himself, will surely reward you openly. And when you pray, you shall not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street that they may be seen of men. Truly I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, enter into your closet, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father, which is in the secret, and your Father, which sees in secret, shall you shall reward you openly. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 in the King James Version. Right? Reflect on this. A man's pride brings him low, but a man lowly spirits gains honor. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 13. And Romans Chapter 12, verses 10 through 12. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but be, but keep your spiritual fervor, fervor sorry, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patience in affliction, faithful and in prayer. We as Templars in our order have to do that, and we protect one another as well and love one another. Raymond Lull, Ramon Lull, I'm sorry, Ramon Lull, you know, in the Book of Chivalry. 
Um, God is, quote, God has honored the night, and all the people honor him. As recounted in this in his book, and that knighthood is an honorable office above all other offices, or above all offices, orders, and estates of the world, except for the order of priesthood, which pertains to the holy sacrifice of the altar. All right, so you get the gist of honor. To live only for God in the highest way. All right, now we'll move on to charity. Charity is a very important thing. Charity is, like I said before, love in all our virtues. Love is in all the commandments. So um, charity is an act of, of kindness, it's it's love towards others. You know, giving all your time and all your all your talents and, and whatever else you need have to give, you give. Spiritually, you give. In prayer, you give. If you're, if you have, uh, time to give these things, you must make time. You never pass anybody up. So charity, back to that, uh, look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 24. Nobody should seek his own good, but the good of others. So uh, it all has to do with loves, love, not loves, love. Um, so as a knight, you're to give all your time and your talent to those who need it. And if your order needs it, if you're in that order, you need to give that time and talent to the order as well because it reflects on the order. And so everything that you do outside of the order, it also reflects on the order of knights, especially the Templar, especially our order. And we want more people to come into our order so we can spread that. Spread that love, spread that charity. He who is kind to pour lends to the Lord, and he will reward him for what he has done. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. A man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor. He too will cry out and not be answered. We need to live this life with these virtues. And we do. Reflect upon this. James chapter 1, verse 27. Religion that God our Father accepts, accepts as pure and faultless to this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. James chapter 1, verse 27. Here's a quote, Mother Teresa. Quote, let us touch the dying, the poor, the lonely, and the unwanted according to the graces which we have received. And let us not be ashamed or slow to be to do the humble work. So you're catching the, the gist of charity is to be unlimited sacrifice. Speaking of sacrifice, let's move on to sacrifice. Uh, read Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 25. Then Jesus said to his disciple, 
If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? What is sacrifice? What's a common definition of sacrifice? We'll both underestimate and poorly define this concept. Um, Sacrifice means the offering of a plant, animal, or human life, or some material possession of uh, deity as as in uh, appropriation or homage. In the Christian sense, the, the word's more of a complicated description. Take a look at the five principles of, of sacrifice written by uh, Ed Ricard. Number one, in Malachi chapter 1, verses 7 through 8, God explains to the priests that he is less than pleased with their heartfelt sacrifice. Uh, you defiled you defiled food on my altar, but you ask, uh, how have we defiled you? By saying the Lord's table is con- uh, contemptible. When you bring blind animals and sacrifice, it's not, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. How many times do you offer our best and our employers, but leave the leftovers for God? Surely we should give our best to both in both arenas, right? God wants us only only one thing, and that is everything. Chapter, uh, Psalms chapter 50, verse 10, reminds us that God owns in all, in the first place, he owns everything. For every animal in the forest is mine, and the cattle on thousands hills. God obviously knows that. He owns it all. He owns you and I. We're slaves to God, if you think about it. But what 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 he wants from us is to acknowledge this fact and give it all back to him. When Jesus said, quote, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and his children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. He was simply saying that we need to value the and prioritize our relationship with Christ over all others. He continues in the same passage by saying, and anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me and follow me cannot be my disciple. Verse 27. Uh, number three, uh, uh, there's no such thing as a, a sacrifice. While in God entrusts us with all these resources on the earth, gifts and the talents uh, while here on the earth, uh, we really don't own anything. We don't own anything. That are all his. Give them back to him. I uh, remember I just read a story of a friend of mine who sacrificed herself to help another individual, and that's truly God's love. And that's what he wants. God did not equip any of us to do anything. He did with talents and things like that. But it's all his. What then was mine to sacrifice in the first place? It's not possible to avoid sacrifice. Guess what? You're going to make a sacrifice any day and every day. In fact, you're going to sacrifice everything. At the end of it all, you'll sacrifice everything. We get to we get to play a game while on this earth. Think about that. Um, it's better to be a willing participant in sacrificing than to surprise one who played the game believing the chips belong to them because it doesn't. As I just keep saying, everything belongs to God. Everything you do, everything you have, you wouldn't have if it weren't for God. It's a key to blessing. Sacrifice is the key to a blessing. If we give it all up, 
we gain what wasn't ours in the first place. Read Second Chronicles, uh, verse 16, or sorry, chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers and mothers and child or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and inherit eternal life. Matthew chapter 19, verse 29. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you as well. Think about this. Christ voluntarily gave his life for you and for me. He gave everything that stood in the way of glory and gain of his fathers through him. Through him, he did it all for us. And now we want to not do things for him? I think not. Everything needs to be done. And you as knights and becoming knights, right now, even our people that are just coming into the group as CAAs or postulants, you're you still have to follow all these things. And when you go become a knight, you're gonna you're gonna have to go through an oath and and acknowledge all this stuff. It's true. So now we know about sacrifice. Now we're gonna go on to compassion. What is compassion? Having sympathy and sorrow? For people who are less fortunate and, and a desire to alleviate their suffering. Ramon Lull explains that uh, one of the knight's key roles is to perform acts of compassion. If you ever read that book. The Book of the Order of Chivalry. Quote, the knight must maintain and defend women and respect and defend those less powerful than he. The office of knight is to maintain and defend women, widows and orphans, Men diseased and those who are near neither powerful nor strong, for as a custom and reason is the greatest and the most mighty helps the feeble and the lesser, and that they should have recourse to the great. Compassion. Have compassion for one another. So those who have their eyes open and their ears and their hearts can see and feel the moral goodness as we go through these virtues and the fundamental truth and, and we are uh, we're, and we're trying to and, and society's trying to move away from the fundamental truth of these things that's why they condemn try and just condemn Christians for doing the things they do and believing in the things they believe because they're trying to make this whole world a total disaster. But what do, what do we care? It's God's world. 
They're just here. Remember that God owns it all. He owns them. They might not think so, but he owns them. Um, fear of the outcome. It's 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 realization that brings us both fear and and hope in the future. Fear is an outcome. Uh, it's, if it's, if it's stopped and and the symptoms have been realized and that we have that and are being identified, which in view, if you think about it from this point forward, we can see that humanity's current course leads us into darkness. That's where it's taken us. It must be changed before it's too late. We have that obligation and that responsibility to be agents of that change. And as Templar Knights in this order, we have that obligation, and we need to bring more people in to help fight that battle. So it's up to you as Templars to unite and to fight this spiritual battle. Christ said, this is why I speak to them in parables. Through seeing, they do not see. Through hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear and, and their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Matthew chapter 13. Verses 13 through 16. You have to search inward, people. You have to search inwards as Templars, as Knights. It becomes a special moment in everyone's life for which a person was born, the special opportunity in which he seizes it. Some people become priests, some people become pastors, and some people become Templar Knights. And, and, and it's all about unity and loving one another. Um, it's that special opportunity, when, like I said, when he seizes it, he will fulfill his mission. He'll per persevere, a mission for which he is uniquely qualified. In that moment, you'll find greatness. It is his finest hour. I guess who said that? Winston Churchill, quote, unquote, Winston Churchill. Each and every one of us has a calling. We are called to become whatever we're meant to become in God's eyes. First Peter says, chapter 4, verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Whether it's called to be a knight or something else, it's us. It is what we're meant to be. The insistent call to our hearts is meant to rekindle the flames of our inner aims and are hardwired with intu intuitive ethics. It's time to change your course, it, and it's time to change our course. And you, as Templar Knights, or becoming Knights, need to realize that. Bring others in to help fight the battle. The more, the more powerful the spiritual will be. Have compassion with one another. I want you to reflect on that. Knights who have eyes which cannot see the feeble and the weak have not the heart nor the might by which they may record the deeds to be in the order of knighthood. That was from Ramon Lull. So, uh, let's look at James chapter 5, verse uh, 11. As you know, we considered blessed those who have per persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance. Right? We've all heard of Job and the troubles that he went through. and and But he did he stop loving God? He absolutely did not. Did he stop having faith in God? No. Did he ever stop having hope? No. Persevered. He had compassion. Have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Loyalty. 
What's loyalty? Faithful dedication. Be loyal to God. Do not swerve from the path from the Lord. The Lord has that for you. That's loyalty. Right? Luke chapter 14, verse 26, verses 26 through 27. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Be loyal. There's verbal loyalty, there's spiritual loyalty. There's heart loyalty, right? You have all these things to be loyal. I, I, I could go through all these things and explain them to you, but I think you're catching the gist of what loyalty is. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, wickedness and godless living, it will be an instrument for the noble purposes made holy, useful to the master and, the, and prepared to do any good work. Second Timothy uh, Verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 21. In Psalms, chapter 25, verse 14, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. John, chapter 15, uh, verse 15 through 17, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I choose you and appointed you to go bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Remember, we remember I said love is in every one of these virtues. Love is in every one of the commandments. Have no misunderstanding. Being a person who stands up, being upright, in fact, the idea of being straight and not twisted or bent. Look at, right? Um, biblical history gives us uh, uh, many real-life examples of people who were not perfect, but they stood upright. David was referred to as a man after God's own heart. First Samuel chapter 13, verse 14. Yet David fell into... An affair, but God still looked to look David into his confidence. Jeremiah was depressed. Jonah ran away from God. Paul murdered. Martha worried too much, and Elijah burned out. All these people fell through their loyalty to the Lord and their faith. They came back upright until their performance, their lives ended. God used them and brought them into His confidence. Finally, God, these examples of how fighting men, knights of old, demonstrated loyalty to God by their earthly king, David, even when others deserted. Reflect on this, uh, another quote from Ramon Lowell. When charity, loyalty, integrity, justice, and truth grew weak in the world, then there began cruelty, injury, disloyalty, and falseness. Thus error and trouble came into the very world where God had planned for man to know, love, serve, fear, and honor him. Fortunately, however, no sooner had lackness in enforcing the law first arisen than fear in turn caused justice to be restored to the honor in which she was formerly held. Therefore, all the people who divided by thousands out of each thousand, there was a chosen man more notable than all the rest of his loyalty, his strength, his noble courage, his breeding, and his manners. Reflect about that. And then we're going to move on to our last one for today, truth. What is truth to us? Is it being honest? Honest acceptance of facts? being candid, and being honest with others? Sure it is. It's all those. A knight, according to this 
according to the book of Knights of Christ uh, by Daniel Bidding, a knight who has not yet fully resolved that he will speak only the truth will stumble. Somewhere, sometime, somehow, part of his life will crumble without holding to the virtue of truth. So look at the scriptures. Look at the following scriptures in that book. He's got them there. Uh, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 17. The truthful witness gives honest testimony, but a false witness tells lies. Well, well, we know that's true. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. A truthful witness does not deceive, but a false witness pours out his lies. A truthful witness saves lies, but a false witness deceives. And that's another thing about being honest and truthful. You have to do that, even if it's to your demise as a knight. Even if it kills you, you have to be truthful and honest. Now, if you find another knight that's not being up to where he's supposed to be in par, and you find that he's, he's told something, you're supposed to take that knight aside and talk to him. And then he can make it right by coming out with the truth and, and accept whatever punishment that, that is, is going to happen. But it's always, always, always be truthful and honest in everything that you do. Everything. You'll see that in God with God saying that to you. Well, that concludes our last virtue of the day. And I'll be on here next week, hopefully Saturday. Of course, I always put out those things about uh, when I'm doing a podcast, and I, I try to stick with it. Uh, unfortunately, this week I had, it's uh, not unfortunate, but I had company, my sister, my brother-in-law, and my mother was here visiting. And um, so I spent a lot of time with them and hanging out with them, and I loved it. But then... If you're listening to these podcasts and you want to become a Templar Knight, please, please uh, get a hold of me. Um, come to one of my podcasts if you have to. Or you can email me at uh, davidr258 at comcast.net. Again, that's davidr258 at comcast.net. Or you can go to our website, which is Templars. Dot com. Again, that's www.americanknightstemplars.com. Please, everybody, have a great week, and we will talk to you later. God bless.